Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Classic Streams. It's 11 in the morning. Judge Selby's court has been in session for an hour. An hour during which Kitty DiCarlo has been on the witness stand and, under Prosecutor Aft's expert direction, has been making a well-planned and beautifully executed play for the jury's sympathy. But, curiously enough, defense counsel Perry Mason doesn't seem worried or bothered, or even very much impressed as... Uh, Can you continue now, Mr. Carlo? I'll try. Oh, dear. Hey, uh, let, me, let me get you a glass of water. Mm. Poor Mr. Carlo. Mm. She's sick. Anybody would look sick with no lipstick on. It's a beautiful act. Shame to break it up. Hmm? Hey, what are you doing with my purse? Well, it's time for me to get into this act. What are you looking for in my purse, Perry Mason? Ah, aspirin. Oh, yeah, sure. I always carry it. And cough drops. That's all. Thank you, Dylan. Oh, Mr. Apt. Hmm? No, yes, Mason. Before you give Mr. Carlo that water, I have some aspirin for her. Aspirin? Well, now, isn't that thoughtful, Mr. Mason? Why, it's nothing, really. <coughs> Here you are, Mr. Carlo. Oh, wait. Hmm? Uh, let me see. Oh, it has aspirin stamped right on the tablet, Mr. Apt. <coughs> Surely you don't think that I would offer your witness something else? Oh, my, no. Uh, uh, watch it. Don't spill the water. Huh? Oh, yeah. Uh, here you are, Mr. Carlo. And here is your aspirin. Thanks. Thanks so much. Oh, and that isn't all. Uh-huh. Now, since you seem to have a slight cough... Oh, she has, Mr. Mason, a severe case of laryngitis. <coughs> oh, pain is terrific. But Mr. Carlo insisted on giving her testimony. Yes, well, of course, later, if she gets tired... Oh, if she gets too tired, then, uh, well, we just have to give her a rest. Especially if I'm cross-examining? We have to think of Mr. Carlo's throat. Mr. Mason... Mr. Apt. Yes, Your Honor. I hate to disturb you two gentlemen. Well, that's all right, Your Honor. But don't you think we might get on with this trial? By all means, sir. But uh, first, uh, let me give Mr. Carlo these. What's that? Uh, some cough drops. Hi, Mr. Mason, you're too kind. Oh, I'm not at all, Mr. Apt. Now, do you think, Mr. Mason? Uh-huh. Order, please. Can Mr. Carlo go on, Mr. Apt? I'll ask her. <clears throat> uh, Mr. Carlo? I'll try. Then I suggest that you get started. Please don't tire her unnecessarily. Suppose you listen, too, Mr. Mason. Yes, yes, Your Honor. Mr. Carlo. Yes, sir. Will you interrupt me if you begin to tire? Huh? I will. <coughs> uh, uh, Mr. Carlo, certain testimony was given at this trial about an incident. An incident which occurred in the apartment where your husband was killed. Uh, yes, sir. At the time Mrs. Grant threatened you with physical harm. Which, uh, <clears throat> which time was that? Well, there were several times. Oh, yes, sir. Oh? Well, uh, first tell us about the, uh, the time that she tried to burn you. Oh, that time. We have heard one version of the story. I know. 
poor Darius. And now, uh, unless you're tired. <coughs> oh, no, sir. I, I want the truth to be known. I want it to be a matter of record. Good, good. It happened while I was sick. Sick? Uh, yes, sir. Uh, another attack of laryngitis. Oh, I see. I had drugs, but I don't like to take drugs, and the doctor had prescribed a cup of hot milk punch. Uh, uh, milk punch? Just what? Well, uh... it's a, a little rum and hot milk. Oh, yes, yes, uh, for your throat. Mm-hmm. Well, there was a bottle of rum in the kitchen cabinet. I dragged myself out of bed to heat the milk. Now, couldn't someone have done it for you? I didn't ask Mrs. Grant to fix things for me, Mr. Apt. I was awful careful of what I ate or drank. Your Honor, that statement is irrelevant. Your objection sustained. Strike the part of her answer after I didn't ask Mrs. Grant to fix things for me. All right, Mr. Apt. Yes, sir. All right, Mr. Carlo. Uh, you went to the kitchen. Well, Dari was in there alone. I, I got the bottle of milk and started to mix in the rum, and Dari said that was all the milk we had. <coughs> had. So I said... <coughs> I said I'd get some more as soon as I got dressed. Yes, yeah, so uh, go on. Well, a little child needs her milk. Of course. Well, Dari and I were just standing there talking... Mrs. Grant didn't give me much chance to talk to my little girl. Oh, Your Honor. Now, just, just tell us what happened, please. Yeah. Well, I didn't use all the milk, so I asked Dari if, <coughs> if she wanted a glass. Oh, now, wait. Uh, you offered Dory plain milk. Uh, plain? Oh, yes, Mr. App. Why, anybody who'd offer rum punch to a little girl, well, I wouldn't do that. Yes, I thought not, ma'am. Well, I... I didn't notice, but Mrs. Grant had sneaked back to the kitchen and we were standing behind me. And you didn't see her? Well, not until all of a sudden she flew in there like a banshee. Oh. She was yelling I was trying to give liquor to Dory. No. Oh, yes, and she, she, she did. She picked up a pan of boiling hot water and she tried to burn me. Oh, oh, I know what Dory told you all. And I don't blame that child for one minute being mixed up. No wonder she was mixed up with that woman telling her things. Your Honor, just confine yourself to what you know, Mr. Carter. Yes, Your Honor. You say there were uh, there were other times when Mrs. Grant tried to harm you. Oh, sure. Do you want me to tell you about the time? Oh, just a moment, Mr. Carlo. Huh? Uh, rest your throat for a minute. Hmm? What's this, Mr. Mason? Well, I didn't object to Mr. Carlo's giving her side of that rum punch story. It was already in the record. And you have no grounds to object now. Yes, Mason. What's the question? Well, I know that we want to find out what happened in that apartment, Your Honor. And that's why Dorothy was allowed such latitude in her testimony. Oh, yes. It was made plain that there were limitations to the weight of Dory's story. Eh? Why, why, certainly, since she's just a child. Yes, the restriction of her age was carefully pointed out to the jury, Mr. Rapp. There is also a restriction to the weight that should be given Mr. Carlo's testimony. Oh, come now, Mason. She is laryngitis. Oh, I'm not talking about her health, Mr. Rapp. I'm certain she's as healthy as a horse. What? Just what are you getting at, then, Mr. Mason? Why, I think the jury should be informed that Mr. Carlo is also a murder suspect. What was that? I'm sure you heard me, Mr. Rapp. I said a murder suspect. And the jury should take into account the fact that... How can you you say that, Mr. Mason? This, This poor woman... This poor woman whose child was stolen, whose dearly beloved husband... That is the point. Eh? You have done your best to show that Mrs. Grant was in love with Mr. Carlo's husband. She was. So you say. And let us say that Mr. Carlo believed it. I did. Now, just a moment. And may I continue, Your Honor? This is highly informal, Mr. Mason. No, no, let him go ahead, Your Honor. I, I think 
don't know where he's going. I was going to say that perhaps on one point, Mr. Carlo has told the truth. What do you... Yes, I say, they're approaching, Mr. Carlo. Yes. I'm saying perhaps she did love her husband. I worshipped him. So, if Mr. Carlo loved her husband, who was to say she didn't kill him? Her own husband? Motive? Jealousy. It has happened. Oh, but Mason. Mr. Carlo had a motive. And opportunity. That makes her a suspect. Well, now, Mason. Well, now, that's all. Well, that's plenty. I'm sure the jury will remember it while uh, hearing her testimony. Uh, What if I were to prove she didn't have opportunity, Mr. Mason? Not then, eh? Would you stipulate she's to have full latitude and credibility if I prove she couldn't have killed her husband? If you will stipulate that she is a prime suspect that you can't so prove. Very well. Your Honor, at this time I wish to interpolate the testimony of certain witnesses. Witnesses? Mr. Mason has cast a shadow of suspicion on this witness, this important state's witness. Uh, I want to clear it away. Oh, but Your Honor, I didn't. Motion granted. You started this, Mr. Mason. Oh, very well, sir. Oh, so he fell for it. Yeah, he couldn't fall fast enough. That's because he thinks he's trapping you. Mm-hmm. You want to give me that report on them, Bella? Here you are. I hate to think where we'd be without this report, Chief. Yes, up a creek. Yes, Kitty would be clear, and the jury would believe everything she said. What? Hmm? What's the matter with Mr. Ash? I don't know. Why is he charging over here? All right, Mason, all right. What's the matter with you? What have you done with Richard Lappin and Mona Lee Parks? Well, well, well. Done with them. They can't be found. Those witnesses can't be found. What? They're gone. And you know where. You'll pay for this, Mason. This time you've gone too far. Well, Prosecutor Apt doesn't know it. But the disappearance of those witnesses is an even greater blow to Perry Mason than to him. But even Perry Mason doesn't know just how serious the consequences will be. Join us on Monday, won't you? Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? (sighs) Well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. It's immediately after the close of our last episode. As you know, there's been a sensational development in the trial of State versus May Grant for the murder of Marcel Blanc. As you know, two key state witnesses have disappeared. On hearing the news, Prosecutor Apt rushed over to the defense table, accused Perry Mason of being responsible for their disappearance, and... Well, Mason? Well, do you have anything to say? I say lower your voice, Mr. Apt. Judge Selby... He's going to hear me, Mason, as will everyone in this courtroom. As will the Bar Association. Perhaps, Mr. Mason? Uh, Just a moment, Your Honor. Just one short moment, if you please. All right now, Mason. I'll give you one chance to tell me what you did with him. I hate to spoil your fun, Apt, but I'm as surprised as you are. In fact... Mason, are you going to deny that you knew... Of course I knew about them. As a matter of fact, I knew more about both of those witnesses than you did. I wanted them to testify. What? They're crooks, Mr. Apt. Show the prosecutor that insurance report, Mr. Street. Yes, Mason. What? What did you say? Crooks? Insurance report. Your witnesses are crooks. They're wanted for bringing false suit against a Minnesota doctor... Show it to him, Mr. Here you are, Mr. Apt. 
Go on, go on, take it. Yeah. Well, names are different. I think you will notice a resemblance in the photographs. And the fingerprints, Mr. Abbott. Don't forget the fingerprints. The names don't matter. A rose by any other name, you know. Well, I must say, Mason, I... Well, I must say. Looks as if I owe you a debt of thanks. Yes, it looks as though I do. Well, you can skip the debt. But if I were you, I'd go tell Judge Selby and then get on with this. Of course I will. Of course I will. Yes, indeed, I do owe you a debt of thanks. If I had put them on the stand, I'd... Well, as it is, no harm's been done. Except that Mr. Carlo doesn't have an alibi. Hmm. Whatever makes you say that, Miss Street? Why ever wouldn't I say it? She's got no alibi. Her witnesses are gone. Therefore, as you stipulated, Mr. Apt, she is the prime suspect. Oh, but you're wrong, Mr. Mason. Very wrong. How? Mr. Carlo has an alibi. You don't think she had only one string to her bow? What? Oh, my. Didn't you know about him? You mean you didn't know about Mr. Gadrady's? Another witness? That's right, Miss Street. Another witness. An irreputable witness. Well, if you'll excuse me, I'll go explain to Judge Selby. How? Well, first, of course, about the two witnesses who disappeared. Yes, I think I'll uh, have a issue of bench warrant for them. Then I should explain that it's simply impossible for Mr. Cadrades to appear before this afternoon. So we'd best adjourn for lunch. Uh, what did you ask, Mr. Mason? I asked how. How can you explain away a lying witness? You mean Mr. Cadrades? Mr. Aft. If Gadrady's alibi is Kitty DiCarlo, he'll have to lie. So you think, Mr. Mason. I know it, as well as I know my own name. Well, then, Mason, I'm certainly happy you aren't on the jury. Oh, very happy. Now, if you'll excuse me, please. Oh, and, uh, uh, Mr. Mason. Thanks again. I mean it. Meanwhile, in an old apartment building, many blocks away, the witness, Valeria Gedrady, slowly climbs the stairs to the fifth floor. Mama! I heard you on the stairs, Papa, so I opened the door for you. What were you doing near the door? Something happened. Our daughter? Sleeping. That is sleeping now. The doctor... Doctor? I had to get him. Oh, Papa, you should have seen her. I was so frightened. But the doctor gave her an injection. Oh. What happened? She tried to walk again this morning. Oh. I didn't know until I heard her fall. Is she? When she fell, did she hurt herself? No. The doctor does not think she harmed herself. But the pain, what what The old injury. He said something else. Yes? Papa... She has to have... She has to have... She has to have the operation, not just for the pain, not just so she can walk. Huh? He used words I would not understand, not even in our native tongue. Shh. No one here is Nara Still, you must not mention... Tell me about the doctor. She must have the operation soon, Papa, but there may not be time. She will have the operation. What? She will be well. Our girl is going to have the same chances as the girls. But the money, Papa. We will have the money. And our daughter will have her operation. Soon, Papa. Within the month. How? You must ask me no questions. But, Papa. No question, no. Papa. If I speak harshly, if I seem not to be myself. I will try to understand as I have understood before. After all, I am your wife. 
The wife of Gidratis, if that is a name we must use. Don't say that. Gidratis or any other name. Papa, Papa, can't you understand? This is the United States. We can talk as we wish. We can say what we wish. No one hears us in our own apartment. Uh, and don't you forget that. So, so now you are hungry. You sit down and I will make lunch and we will talk. No. No, there is nothing to say. Only that she will have the operation. And that you must never mention... Never say a word about it until Talk I... to talk is nothing if she is going to be well. That is all I care for. I, too. Now I must prepare to go. And you must eat first. No, no, I'm not hungry. Papa, to bear witness will be hard. I can't eat. Then coffee. I will heat your coffee. Please, please. And you will drink coffee, Gadretis, or you will not go to court. You will not be witness at any trial. You hear me? Yes, ma'am. I'm sorry you have to go to court. I'm happy with what you've just told me. So happy. It is a big thing to be told all at once. Yes. A big thing. Papa, you're not happy. No questions. All right, no questions. Sit down here, no questions, Cadrice. It is not a joke, Mom. Oh, it is not a joke. My man brings the most wonderful news I've heard since we entered this country. And I must not be gay. It is to laugh and joke and sing. No questions, Mama, please. All right. No questions. But why, Papa? The news you brought is what we've longed and dreamed for. And yet you're sad. I can't explain the sadness. After the trial, perhaps. Oh, yes, the trial, Papa, I understand. Oh, you're... Clumsy wife. Of course you are sad. It is what you have to do that bears so heavy on you. It is all right. Uh, I wish you did not have to bear the witness. I must. To speak the truth is sometimes hard. It's a sad burden to carry. Mama, please. By the papers, what you say will prove the guilt of Mrs. Grant. Mama, I do not carry the burden alone. There are others who do. No. Huh? You do not know. No? It is best that you should. I'll pour your coffee then. No, what, Mama? Wait. Mrs. Kaczynski told me a few minutes ago. Drink your coffee. Mrs. Kaczynski, what about it? Eat, Papa. And uh, here's sugar for your coffee. Mrs. Kaczynski heard it on her wireless. The others have gone away. Who? Eat, Kadretis. The other witnesses who saw Mr. Carlo, they cannot be found. So it is all on you, Papa. Poor man. And poor lady. What? Poor Mrs. Grant, she will have to die. Stop. I will say poor lady. Even if she is guilty, she is a poor lady. Sad and so sweet looking in her picture. It is not for us to question. To question, no. To pity, yes. And the little girl. We have a little girl. What? what? We have a little girl. Pity her. Larry. I have pity and thoughts for my little girl alone. I cannot eat. I must go. And do not speak of the other again. As you wish. Do not speak. Never speak. Do not say those names again. 
Look. His wife can guess. Because not only the operation, but the very lives of his beloved wife and daughter depend on Gedrady's following Anna B. Hurley's orders. Yes, Valeria Gedrady's knows well that in order to preserve his own family, he'll have to doom May Grant. Join us tomorrow, won't you? It's afternoon, two hours after the close of our last episode. Almost time for the trial of State versus May Grant for the murder of Marcel Blanc to resume. As you know, an important point may be settled in a few moments. That point, you remember, is whether or not Kitty DiCarlo, State's witness and wife of the murdered man, is herself above suspicion. Barry Mason contends she is not. That it is entirely possible Kitty DiCarlo committed the murder and now is trying to throw suspicion on Mason's client. And, of course, the only way the state can prove Mason's contention wrong is to provide Miss DiCarlo with an adequate alibi. And that's just what the state is going to try and do. Well, right now, as we follow Perry Mason from the corridor phone booth and into Judge Selby's courtroom... Uh, excuse me. Excuse me, please. Will you pardon me, please? Oh, you're back. Yes. Well, you look very cheerful, Counselor. I'm wearing a big smile, am I not? Which looks as if it was tattooed on. Bad news from Paul? It wasn't the best, Della. We've had bad news before. The next witness is a good man. Well, so what? Really? Paul checked him as well as he could on such short notice, but... Gadrates is a good man. A good, honest man. So say his neighbors, so say the people with whom he trades, so say his priest. Yet he's going to furnish Kitty to call her with an alibi? He's the next witness. You think it's a mistake, Perry? We'll find out when he gets on the stand. If it isn't a mistake, he'll be lying. Well, I'll give you a hundred to one on that, Bella. And if he's lying, well, any lie can be broken. At least, that's what a lawyer of my acquaintance always says. A lawyer named Perry Mason. Does he? Well, now I'm going to tell you something else he says. Who? Perry Mason. What does he say? He says he's glad he has a secretary named Della Street. <laughs> glad enough to give her a raise in salary. Oh, we'll come to order. All right, all right. I didn't hear you answer, Counselor. Oh, I didn't hear what you said. Oh, great. Playing deaf at a time like this. All right, you want me to repeat? No, not now, please. I have to concentrate on the witness. Tell the court your name, please. Gedredis. Valeria Gedredis. Are you a native of this country, Mr. Gedredis? No, sir. I am not. A naturalized citizen? I had taken out the papers, the uh, first paper. But you understand English? Oh, yes, sir. I have English, a little Polish, a little Dutch, and Czech. Much Czech and much German. So all we're interested in is your understanding of English. To write, not so well. But to hear and understand and say, yes. Very good. Now, what's your occupation, please? I, I work in the establishment of a countryman, Prusmike. And what business is that? A small grocery, sir. Your duties? Duties, I, I don't... Uh, what do you do? 
You have an interest in the business? Are you are you a uh, part owner? Owner? Oh no no no! Bruce Mac is owner. I work for owner. In other words, you're a grocery clerk. Uh, now, Gadrades, do you understand that this is a most grave and serious trial? I understand that we want only the truth. You understand that? I understand. So, Gadrades, I ask you if you know any of the principals in this trial personally. Principal. Uh, the uh, main people concerned. For instance, the defendant, that woman over there. Have you ever seen her before? No, sir. But the other lady... Uh, we'll come to her in just a moment. And to be certain you have no personal likes to grind, do you have any relatives or close friends working for the state in my office, for instance? No. No kindred. Just my wife and, and my daughter. Your daughter? Uh, does she work? Oh, no. No, my daughter cannot work. She is barely more than a child, and, and she is ill. Oh. She is, a she is lame. So you don't know any of these people? You have no personal interest in the outcome? I, uh, no, no interest. Good. Now, Mr. Cadrades, now, is there anyone in this courtroom whom you have seen before? Yes, sir. That lady over there. Yeah. That lady? The, uh, the one I'm standing beside? Yes, sir. Stand up, Mr. Carlo. Are you are certain, Mr. Cadrades? Certain you've seen this lady? Yes, sir. Sit down, Mr. Carlo. The lady's name is Miss Catherine de Carlo. Now, tell us where you saw her, Mr. Cadrades. It was the night my daughter became ill. Go on. My daughter is lame from an accident. She She's in pain. Well, at one time, the pain is worse than at other times. When it is bad, very bad, she needs medicine. Of course, yeah. uh, This night it was bad, very bad. I woke to hear her crying. She needed medicines, so I phoned Galete, the pharmacy. Uh, who? Senor Galete, who has the pharmacy. Senor Galete dispenses the medicines to me, yes. A kind man, Galete. He lets me pay when I can. Sometimes there is little money. Uh, yes, yes. Now, just just tell us what happened. Well, I, I went downstairs and called Senor Galete. The telephone was in the downstairs. At his drugstore? No, no. It, it was late. The Senor Galete is a kind man. And he said he would leave his home and, and meet me. Oh. I, I walked to the store and waited for him. Waited? I live closer to the pharmacy than does Senor Galete. I wait. Uh, tell us, Mr. Cadrades, did you notice the time? I did. My daughter was crying, Mr. Hapt. She needed medicines. You have a watch? No. No watch by me. But there was a big clock in the window. I watched the time. And as you waited, what happened? A lady spoke to me. That lady. Uh, uh, Mr. Carlo? It was she. And now, wait, Mr. Cadrades. It was late at night. Your daughter was in pain, needing medicines. Why did you happen to notice Mr. Carlo? At first, I did not. But? The lady stopped. She was very kind. Yes, spoke to you? The lady asked if I needed help. The kind lady. Yeah. You saw her plainly? Well, there was light. Senor Galetti keeps his windows lighted through the night. I recognized her. Recognized her? But you said you didn't know her. Oh, not, not, not to speak to, not in person. But at the cinema, the, the pictures, movies. Oh, you, you've seen her in the movies? My daughters, 
can find at home. When there is extra money, I wheel her to the cinema. It is a moving chair. Yes, yes, a, a wheelchair. Y- yes. So you recognized Mr. Carlin? I did. And she spoke to you? For a moment. Uh, long enough for you to know her? Yes, sir. And, and you're sure of the time? You were watching the time? Yes, sir. Mr. Cadretes, a man known as Marcel Blanc was shot and killed in the early morning of October 29th last year. On what day did you see Mr. Carlo? On the early morning of October 29th. Mr. Cadretes, Marcel Blanc was shot at five minutes before 3 a.m. on October 29th. At what time did you see Mr. Carlo? Just before three o'clock, perhaps five, perhaps three minutes before. What is the address of Galetta's pharmacy? The corner of Hill and Patterson Streets. The corner of Hill and Patterson. Ladies and gentlemen, that corner of Hill and Patterson Streets is four miles. Four miles away from the apartment where Marcel Blanc was killed. Now, you've heard this man, this simple, good man, whose only concern is his job and his crippled daughter. This man who wants only to do his duty. You've heard this good man positively, beyond the shadow of any doubt, place Kitty DiCarlo four miles away at the time of her husband's murder. And so who does that leave, ladies and gentlemen? Who does that leave? Now that Mr. Cadretes has given the lie to Mr. Mason's slanderous, desperate accusation of Mr. Carlo, you know who it leaves, ladies and gentlemen. It leaves May Grant. May Grant and May Grant alone, who could have and who did murder Marcel Blanc. Your witness, Mr. Mason. Well, Perry Mason knows that Valeria Gedrades is lying. And Perry Mason also knows that May Grant faces disaster unless he can break Gedrades. But how? How to do that? Won't you join us tomorrow? Classic Streams. This concludes another episode of Classic Streams. Thank you for listening. Retro Radio Today does not claim ownership over copyrights to any radio shows on our podcasts. The work in this episode has been identified as being free of known restrictions under copyright law, including all related and neighboring rights. The show copyrights are believed to be expired. Classic Streams